Welcome to Real Talk Real Estate. My name is Aleem Silvani. This is episode one. Yeah, and I'm Brandon Daniel. We're from Remax. Yeah, we're both from Remax. We're both brand new. Um, we started this podcast to share our journey. Yep. And um, ex- explain different like takes on yeah, it, takes what on we've it. experienced so far, right? Because what we've seen might be different from one another. We're both at different offices, brokerages. Um, we want to try and give advice to newer agents, right? Based on like what we've encountered. Um, yeah, the and ups and downs. And, yeah, the ups yeah. and downs. And, you know, just try and give tips. Um, tips and tricks. Yeah, tips and tricks. Educate buyers, sellers. Investors. And, yeah, and yeah. just keep people updated on what's happening in the market today. Yeah. But yeah, I, this is great. I'm glad that we're we doing finally, this. We finally started this. Yeah, we have been saying we're going to do this for a while now. And yeah, we're, we're doing it. There you go, episode one. <laughs> yeah, so episode one. Yeah. Um, so so well, we, we both did Humber. Yeah, we did. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? So so people know Humber is where you get your real estate license. Yeah. Um, it's a full entire course. What did you think about the actual course itself? Then from the course going to a brokerage, like getting jumping right into it. Yeah. So we both did the course online, correct? Yeah, it was I, online. I did online um during COVID time. Um so I thought the course was good. Um, it's totally different than what we're experiencing now. I'm sure you'll see it the same way. Um, it's, I don't know, you study, you do the test, you read, um, you do the exams, you pass. And like, it doesn't really get you prepared. Like, it doesn't, as much as you can study and practice that stuff until you're out there actually doing it you have no idea what you're stepping into. I thought just by reading this, I was like, I'm going to nail it. Like, I'm going to like make a killing my first year. I'm going to close all these deals. Like this is, I can do all this. Right. But there's so much more that it doesn't really, like it educates you, but it doesn't really prepare you for it. It doesn't prepare you until you actually do it. Yeah. And then also what I found is brokerages are important. Yeah. So depending on yourself, like choosing the right brokerage, I think it's important at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so how did you choose your brokerage? So I went for a fit that would help me out. So you can go um, someone that would basically hold my hand throughout the process. Okay. Um, give me enough training. It's there for me 24-7. So the Remax I chose um, out in Durham, they helped me very, very well. So if I need something, I just send a quick text, quick email, phone call. Yeah. So they're very respond, responsive. Very responsive, right? And they want to make you grow as an agent. Yeah. Um, which is very important. Yes, the fees are a little bit higher, commission cuts a little higher, but that's what you have to do now for you to succeed later. Because if you go to other brokerages that may have smaller fees yeah. or, or less cuts, like they may not give you that training that you need. Because I don't know about you, but I found out like you're very alone when you start it. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, unless you're joining a team or something. Yeah, and joining a team is also a good thing as well. Again, there's cut, splits and cuts, but like if you want to join a team, that's another way to help you yeah. grow, right? Yeah. So, like, I, you, did you think about joining a team, like, or I did actually. So in the beginning, uh, that was um, what I was planning to do. Like, that was what I thought I was going to do when I got my license. I was like, you know, I'm just going to join a team because you're going to get like a lot of support. 
You're going to get fed leads, you know. You don't get fed anything. <laughs> no. So I went to uh, meet with the team out in Oakville. Because um, at that time, I was like considering maybe moving from Vaughn out, out there, right? I didn't make the move. I'm still located in Vaughn. Um, so I interviewed and, you know, I, you know, I asked them about like, you know, I just tried to get an idea of like what they do, how long they've been, you know, uh, working in that area, um, like how many deals they do. I, was, I didn't know what kind of questions to ask them in the beginning, right? Because this was literally my first time. Um, interviewing a brokerage? Interviewing yeah. a brokerage. So what I found is they don't, no one really prepares you. Yeah. To what questions to ask a brokerage. Yeah, I was asking the yeah. most silly questions probably, but, and they weren't even asking me many questions, right? They don't ask you. They just want someone to like join their team, right? Yeah. Just another person that'll go out there and like, you know. Be foot soldiers. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? So I was asking these questions. I was like, but this is different. Usually I go to a job interview and they're asking me questions. Now I'm asking them questions and yeah, I don't know what different. to ask, right? Yeah. So it was different. Um. So anyways, after leaving there, um, and they reached out asking me if I made my decision. I just decided, you know what? I don't want to join a team. I'm going to take the chance on myself and I'm going to try and build my brand. Right. So I want to work alone, not alone, but like, you know, work for myself and not be hustling to build up somebody else's name. Right. Cause then yeah. no one's going to know me if I'm working under somebody else. Right. So I'm like, yeah, it's going to be tougher in the beginning. Obviously, I'm gonna have to pay for my own marketing. I'm gonna have. We'll to, talk about marketing too. Like, yeah, it's definitely that's a, a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, especially for newer agents, right? They got to figure out how to like budget, and you know, they don't want to drown themselves, and like, you can literally end up like spending way too much. Um, so yeah, that was a huge thing, and you know, pros and cons to joining a team, and obviously working alone too. But I decided to take the chance on myself. Good. I did the same thing too. I decided to take a chance on myself. Yeah. And just jump in with two feet. Yeah, absolutely. And see, yeah, and see what happens. And there's always different marketing strategies. And one thing that all agents are told is a prospect, but everyone has different ways of prospecting. So, like my broker, he <laughs> told me at my interview, um, start calling your network. So, I know me and you prospect and market differently. Yeah. So, like for me, I just focus on my network right now. And I go out to events, I do this, and that's how I'm getting my name out slowly. Yeah. But that once your network is dry, you got to start doing something else. So door knocking is the next strategy. Yeah. Um, I know you door knock today as well. Like, how did that go? No, like, I well, told you I was going to door knock well, today. So you didn't door knock. But then the weather didn't turn out <laughs> the way. I was I, like, you're, you're pretty brave when in the rain. No, I was like, then the weather didn't turn out like I planned. So yeah. scratch that. Scratch that. But, but you know, in, oh. in the sense of marketing, like, what are your... Or like in your prospecting, like what are you doing to get to get leads that you can maybe tell other agents or like Yeah, so I'm going through my network of people as well. Yeah. Not to the extent that you are. Um, and I've been told from the beginning that's the best way yeah. is go through your database, make your sphere of people, and honestly just keep consistent at that, right? It literally it won't drain your bank account. doesn't cost you anything. You're just going through people that you know, you trust, they trust you, and you're trying to get in, you know, get business that way yeah. and help, you know, help them out as you can. Um, but me, I just felt like, I'm like, yeah, as much as I want to do that, and I've been doing it, something about, I felt uncomfortable in the beginning. It's like, tough. It's tough. 
like because, with the people yeah. I know, right? I'm like, I, I don't know. I felt like, okay, everyone has a real estate agent in the family or a friend that's a, a realtor, right? So they say one, I think there's like one out of nine yeah. people are real estate agents in Toronto. So yeah, it's it's tough, yeah. Yeah, so I felt like, I'm a lot more comfortable just going out there door knocking and speaking to an, a stranger rather than going to somebody I know, like whether they're a friend or whatever, and has like an an agent in the family and, you know, trying to get business that way, right? But obviously you you want to let everyone in your network know that you're an agent now. So if there's anything that you need, like, you know, I'd be happy to help you. So you stay consistent. You do your phone calls, emails, like, honestly. You know, one of the things is consistency. Yeah. If you're not consistent, your phone calls, your emails, um, your door knocking, whatever you're doing to get your base, you're not going to succeed, right? Yeah. So you mean you just can't do it just one time? You can't and, do it one time. And no, just no. nail it, eh? You, no, it doesn't work. Like that. It, it takes, because <laughs> I have a sales background of like 10 years. Yeah. But like to build that pipeline... It 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 would take it could take you six months to yeah. get one deal in real estate. Yeah. But once you get that one deal, it you gets the confidence to go to a second deal, third deal, fourth like deal. It's a ripple effect. It's a ripple effect, right? But even when you're getting those deals, in the back of your mind, you gotta be thinking, okay, if I have six deals on the table right now, yeah, where's my seventh coming from? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So you have to be consistent. Yeah. If you're doing a hundred deals, you have to think, okay, where's a hundred and one coming from? Yeah. Right? If you're not consistent, then you know, so those calls and those doors you knock on now and emails you send out aren't necessarily for the deal you're going to get this week or no, next no, week. Those thing, are deals you're going to you're going to get and you're going to be able to help these families move maybe a year down yep, the road, yeah. two years cuz we know that like families will move like multiple times in their lifetime, right? Yeah, they'll move the rent, you know, renters are good also to start with cuz yeah. I started with some renters. I know you did the same thing. Yeah. I've been and doing then, a lot of renters. Yeah, and then eventually they will buy something, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And then yeah, from there is how you grow your network, right? And But even if they don't buy anything, because sometimes renters are content and happy with yeah. renting. But if you are good to them and they say, you know, Brandon, uh, I'm using myself as an example. I know you're good to your, but, you know, hopefully they have positive feedback about me, right? So they'll, like, refer to me or refer me to, like, some of their friends. So... You know, you just hope that you can like kind of build a relationship with them that it's not just one deal you're getting out of them, right? You're gonna be like a name that they're not gonna forget. So that's what I'm that's what I hope for anyways. Yeah, and like one of my strategies is is customer service. And whether you're a renter, you're a buyer, you're a seller, even if you're just looking, treat everybody the same. Yeah. Because if you don't treat everybody the same, then, you know, you may not get that referral later on. But put 100% in anything that you're doing. Yeah. Right? And as long as you're nice to them, you treat them well, you show them what they're asking for, you give them advice, you know, eventually something may come up. If it's not, it's a referral. This person, you know, like Brendan helped me doing this. I didn't get anything from him, but he's a good guy. Why don't you go use him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I've been helping, well, I've helped out some families that just ended up deciding not to move, not to buy or not yeah. to lease. And they literally just stayed in the situation they were because after looking at places, they said, you know what? You know, maybe I'm just going to stay put where I am. Whether yeah, they were it, staying it, with it family worth, or yeah. they were, they're like, you know, I think I'm just going to stay put, maybe look a few years down the road. You know, I thought we were ready to move, but 
you know, they just change their mind. And that's fine. People have changed their mind, right? It's a huge commitment. Yeah, to moving buying is it's huge, right? You're looking yeah. at hundred like the average price now is like around a million dollars. Yeah. So like that's a lot of money to spend. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, so we discussed kind of how you're getting your business yeah. and how I'm getting my business. Um, so what would you say, I think a huge thing that's important for newer agents, well, all agents to understand, is how to budget yourself. So newer agents might not really know what they should be the or how much they should be putting into marketing. Yeah. You don't want to oh, You don't want to put too much if you're new. You don't want to put too little. So how do you determine that? You got to work with what you got. Yeah. But like when you're doing your budget, like so when you're starting a course, you're doing your budget. What yeah. I did is I took, okay, this is what, this is what the course is going to cost, right? Now here's what the broker fees are going to cost. So you pay a desk fee every month. And with that desk fee, it times it by 12. So you have to have that put aside. So the way I did it was for one year, this is my desk fee. If I make no deals, I'm still covered for that one year. Okay. And then the marketing on top of that, you put maybe like 500 to 1,000 if you can afford that. But I would say like at least budget from the course yeah. to signing up about 10 grand. About 10 grand, okay. Yeah. And then you can spend more too. Like there, there's fees you don't know about. So like, there's Rico fees that you pay every year. Yeah. And then there is desk fees. Um, and then there is, oh, there's another fee. There's Rico fee, desk fee. Yeah. You That's part of the Rico. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of fees. So I, I'm fees. looking at like, I was looking the other day at what I pay like for my website. Yeah. Like, so you pay for your website, yeah. business cards, that's it. Then you pay for... Flyers, if you're going to do flyers, you're going to pay for your, for your sales signs, yeah. you know, open house signs. Those are different yeah. costs. So like, I know yeah, you're spending more money business on Business cards, yeah. like everything just adds up. Yeah, I'm spending uh, a little bit less now than what I was when I first started out. I thought I'm just going to throw all this money out in marketing and yeah. I'm going to just like, you know, get all these deals right away, right? But I wasn't like pacing myself. So then I'm like. That's a good point. You should pace your budget throughout yeah. the year to see like if you do want to market and you want to farm an area, I was told it's anywhere from fifteen to $20,000. Yeah, it can be. Okay, so I'm farming an area of about. I want to say my area is about 600 people. So 600 homes. Right, not six hundred yeah. people. Sorry, six hundred homes. Um, so I'm farming that area, and on top of all my other marketing and what I spend on advertising, like I'm not doing like Facebook ads right now. I don't know if you are. No, I'm. I, I do. I do want to start doing. Yeah, Facebook. I want to start doing Instagram. So I am more active on social media. Yeah, we definitely need to both get both a little be bit more, more active. Yeah, like I've been kind of, you know, very. I want to say distant from social media, yeah. which is not what I want to be doing. You need to be visible and let people know you're a real estate agent, yeah. right? But I'm like, ah, I'm busy enough. I don't need to do social media. Um, but yeah, so what I've been spending, uh, in the beginning, I was spending about $1,200, $1,500 a month, probably on uh, marketing and advertising. And I think that's a little bit high for a newer agent. That's very high. That's that's more. That's probably why I spend the whole year. <laughs> yeah, so that's a little yeah. bit high for a newer agent, and 
yeah, whether that's direct mail and just everything, right? And it adds up and you know what? There's other ways to get business than spending uh, all this money on advertising. Just work with your contacts, um, the people you know as a newer agent. And I think, yeah, just stay consistent that way. And yeah, just don't end up... Um, Dumping all your money. Yeah. Yeah, basically. It's a, it's a, it's a long game. Yeah, it's a long game. It's, 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 you're, it's, you're, it's you're, you're playing game. the long game, not like get rich quick. Like you're playing the long game. So yeah, and, and one of the things I found out too is when you're talking to people, yeah, and you you can't you don't sit there trying to sell yourself to clients. You're there to answer the questions, to give them free advice, right? That's the only way you're gonna build a relationship as well. I don't know if you found that or not, but like, yeah, you go and do like a hard pitch, or are you just you yourself and you're just talking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I'm just uh, myself. I don't have a pitch that I do. I just try and stay authentic to who I am when I'm talking to people. And I think if I was to try and pitch something to somebody, they would know I'm being like yeah, they not authentic and yeah. fake. No, and I, you got to be straight. So like I've told clients before, like straight, like if this is what you list, you want to list your house at. Yeah. I don't think this house is worth, like I don't think the market is calling for that price. Yeah. no, right? And I've lost a listing. Because I was honest and I told them, like, your price, you will not get because of the market the way it is right now. Yeah. Um, so they went with somebody else, right? And their but, house probably didn't sell. No, no. They took it out to market within 60 days. Yeah. And they called me back and they were like, you're right. I should have listened to you, right? Yeah, because everyone thinks that just because a house sold for, let's say, 1.5 or whatever yeah. sold for, you know, eight months ago or six months ago. That it's gonna be the same today, right? Yeah. And no, like last year it was it was crazy, and now everything's changed drastically. So people need to kind of uh, temper their expectations and oh yeah, big time, yeah, and realize that you know things uh, things have changed. And to take the advice of an agent, like at the end of the day, like it's their home. Um, they need to make their own decision, but we're here to give advice, right? Yeah, and we study the market. We understand the market. We're talking to so many different people. Yeah. That, yeah, our advice is valuable. Yeah. And, and we do a lot of background research on the back end on, like, what what the comparisons are between the houses on the street, the area. Yeah, and absolutely. And you don't want your house overpriced and then sitting on the market too long because then you it's lose still, that steam, right? Yeah, you lose you use the yeah, use that steam and it sits there, and then you're gonna get a low ball offer. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. that's basically what it's gonna be. So, like, how was your first deal? I'm curious to know, like, my first deal, or um, be better than your first deal, like, well, my, how did you get your first deal? Okay. Because it's sorry, but it's 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 tough for someone to give you your first to get their first deal is hard, right? And someone needs to trust you in order, yeah. For that to happen. Yeah, I still remember my first deal. Well, it wasn't that long ago. I've only yeah. been in real estate for under a year. But um, yeah, the guy, um, the gentleman just moved down from Miami. Um, and he wanted to be closer to his uh, daughter and his grandchildren. Um, and I got that deal through um, like Google leads. Yeah. Right. So I, was, I put leads out or ads out looking for renters and buyers and yeah, it was smooth. Um, showed him places. So it was a lease. My first deal was a lease. Um, you saw maybe 
six, seven places. Um, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad, right? Um, he found one that he really liked. Like, he gave me, he was very specific on what he wanted, which was great. He knew what he wanted, the area he wanted to be in. Um, his budget didn't want to go over under. Um, so he wasn't like all over the place, right? He's like, I like this neighborhood. I want to stay close because my grandchildren are there. So it's, it was like, it was very easy to work with. Um, yeah, I thought uh, my first deal went really smooth. Um, that happened probably like a little over a month after getting my license. Yeah, that's, that's quick. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought... I, thought that was quick and it takes people a long time like yeah it took me i was quick too but like it was over for it was just someone i knew just timing was right yeah and but yeah so compared to your first deal to your second deal what's the difference because did you understand okay this person was very specific yeah now you may have somebody that's not as specific yeah my second deal i i remember um so we started looking in scarborough um, so we started looking at places in Scarborough. They told me what they wanted. Um, this was also at least my second deal. And then from there, it ended up being, they changed their mind. You know what? Maybe not Scarborough, maybe Mississauga, or maybe even Brampton, right? So it was like, it was harder because... Yeah, because you went different. Because now everything's, di- like we're going going back and forth. I was kind of like, hey, let's kind of pick an area. Do you want like Peel, like... You want Scarborough, and they're like, "Oh, whatever we can find." Like in this area, we ended up finding a place, and it turned out to be Mississauga. But it just like how much gas did you spend? <laughs> I spent a lot of gas. A lot we of- saw something like I want to say close to twenty places. So twenty places. I still remember. The GTA. I'll, I'll never yeah. forget that because we were. I was driving back and forth. Um, I was picking one of them up. And it was, I was like, you know, someone I was working with was like, man, why are you driving people around? I was like, I, I don't want to be driving anyone around. I'm like, but literally, uh, so it was a mother and a daughter. The mother wasn't driving at the time. She was like, you know, I'm, I'm not driving at the time. And my daughter can't pick me up. Do you mind picking me up from the subway station? And like, Taking me to this thing. So just a lot of work. There's a lot. I never pick people up. And I didn't necessarily feel comfortable picking her up. And people were advising against it. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like do I- COVID, right? So I have a story about that. Yeah. Um, people say don't get in your car because of COVID, right? Yeah. And then I know you were driving people around. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I had a person reach out to me again. It's just through social media. Sold them a couple of houses. Went back the next day. Picked them up. They don't have a car. Drove to new market drop them back home and nighttime they call me and they go we're positive for covid oh <laughs> so <laughs> did they just find out after you dropped them off soon, yeah so they may so they, they knew they just wanted so a like, free ride from, so then from then i was like i know brandon does this i'm never doing that again yeah so I, I don't allow anyone to get in my car now yeah because of that reason so when i go downtown for showings i will park somewhere and I'll get an Uber and I'll Uber around. Yeah. Which is the same thing as someone getting in my car, but I just feel safer inside it. Yeah. You know what? I did it that one time. And after that, I like, I, I almost got talked into doing it again, but I was like, I had, no, 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 I'm not no. driving anyone around. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning, I was so you're unorganized. Aunt, aunt to do I was so unorganized. I'm like, I'm going to drive anywhere I have to drive to to get business, to get this deal. I'm going to, I had no plan whatsoever. I was driving around aimlessly all over the GTA, burning gas, dollars. I wasn't organized. I literally was just 
doing everything the wrong way. Like when it comes to like spending my time and my money and my efforts, right? So I would definitely not ever do so that one again. Of, we talked about, so one of the things my broker told me, he was like, yeah. you know, go and meet the person one time. Yeah. Right. You can meet them second time, but make, but don't waste so much time on it until they sign the buyer's representation agreement. Okay. Right. Yeah. We spoke about, we spoke this, about this and I've had people who I've shown once or twice and they refuse to sign it. Yeah. Me too. And then I don't go back because then I've had it an instance where I actually showed someone a house. It was an open, it was like an open house. Yeah. And they put an offer in with another agent. Okay. But they didn't sign with me. Right. And I didn't know they were talking to their agent. Yeah. So like, or you could be showing them places and they're signed. They know, right? They know. So right? They just maybe don't want to bug that other yeah. agent anymore because he's getting fed up or whatever. Like I know someone that literally just was, well, she was straight up honest with me. She's like, yeah, you know, like I already have an agent after I showed them a few places. It was her and her boyfriend. Um, I asked over the phone. You know, I spoke to her boyfriend and I asked, you know, are you guys working with anybody? He said, no, whatever. And then after I showed him a few places, she's like, we do have an agent. Uh, we have a relative that's uh, an agent, we, but they're just so far away. They couldn't like show us any places today. I'm like, okay, so that's fine. You saw these places. I'm like, so you, do you have any intention with signing with me or, you know, working with me? I'm like, I could show you more places, but um, she's like, well, we plan on signing with um, the other agent, yeah, yeah, because they're a family friend, right? It's just they couldn't make it out here. So at that point, it's just like, come on, yeah. You know what? They don't teach you all this when you're doing the Humber course. There's yeah. a lot of like practical stuff that you don't know, or even like yeah, little tips they don't tell you. They're more theoretical. Like you got to learn like a lot of the lingo, which is good. Yeah, but they don't tell you like how to navigate this. Yeah, that's why going back to choosing the right brokerage. Yeah. It's very important because they will teach you how to navigate those scenarios. Yeah. And as long as that brokerage is responsive to you, yeah. then you have no issue. Like I had an issue with saying nine o'clock at night. I called I called the broker and picked up the phone and I'm like, this is my issue. And yeah. he's like, okay, X, Y, and Z, this is how you handle it. Use plan A, B, and C. Okay. One of those will work. All right. Right? So yeah, yeah. So, so circling back to that, that's why. Support is important. Supporting is very important. So choosing that brokerage is very important. Yeah. So tell me about, so what would you say would be your worst experience so far? Have you had COVID. any? Getting COVID from a client that was in my car. Oh, yeah. It's pretty bad, <laughs> actually. Was, yeah. I was going to Mexico a week later. Oh, yeah. I got COVID once and it sucks. So that'd yeah. be definitely so bad. So I got it and then my wife got it. And then my son, we had to go to my parents' house so we yeah. could recover. And then, then we went to Mexico. So it happened all within seven days. Yeah. So that was the worst. Um, I did lose him as a client as well. Okay. Because he did call me afterwards and say that, oh, we do have a agent. So that's probably the worst. <laughs> like we like someone we know yeah. as an agent and we're going to go ahead with them. And but, I'm like, you gave me COVID. Don't you think you should? You know, it's a joking way. Yeah. And then he goes, okay, maybe you two can work together. Yeah. But like, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense, right? Because I know that person would say no. Like, yeah. See, I, I've been on that end of things as being the client before, or, you know, it's the consumer and needing an agent to show me around. But like, I don't know. I've kind of respected people's time a little bit more. Than, yeah. And I think what people... If I had an agent, I wouldn't be like calling another one being like, can you show me a place and... You know, take time out of your day to show me another thing. But that's 
No, no, but it's true. Everyone's I think what people don't understand is when you're when you're real estate agent, yeah, it's your own business, right? Yeah. So your your time going from point A to, to point B to show a house, yeah, and have that whole conversation. If they're just wasting your time, you could have used that to go and get somebody else or work on something else, right? Yeah, because you don't get paid until the deal is closed. So you're putting in 40, 50, 60 hours maybe on one person. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Just to get them to sign that deal. And then you can spend another 200 hours showing them places, doing whatever. Yeah. Then you get paid once it's closed. Yeah. And closing can be 30, 60, 90, 120 days away. Yeah. And like, I don't mean to harp on anyone on this show or anything, but I just think it's good that like people are just aware of people's time. Yeah. They have to be. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people under, like I didn't understand. Yeah. From a, from a buyer's perspective or a seller's perspective that, what goes into being a real estate agent until I was on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm one of those people that have wasted someone's time before. Yeah, and you see things differently now. You I see bet. things differently, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Like, I've, it's, I've called, like, three agents to go and look at places to yeah, rent or never, to buy. And then... Yeah. It now, happens. It happens. Now you under, now I understand it. Now, so. now you understand. <laughs> I see things differently, too. Now. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah. Um, open houses. Yeah. I kind of want to jump into that. Um, as a new agent... I was told in the beginning, get out there, do a lot yeah, of open houses. I was told that too. Yeah. You know, um, put do, out your signs, meet people. That's the best prospect. Get you comfortable do. speaking to people, and just like that's one of the easiest, and it's practically like free, like marketing of ourselves, right? Like yes. we're just like yeah. doing other agents' open houses, even if they're not our own. It's just literally just a couple hours of time. So, how do you like doing it? And have you done so it much? I've done. One, two, three, maybe four or five open houses. Okay. Um, the first one I did was in COVID. Yeah. So it brings, it gets you that jitters out as a brand new real estate agent. Yeah. It helps you understand what customers or what the buyers are yeah. asking. Um, so the first one I did was in Pickering and it was during COVID and there was another agent there as well. And then there was me and the house, this was during like, you know, multiple biddings and everything. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was nervous. Like, I had to memorize the whole entire sheet. I had to figure out the parks around it. I did a drive around just to know the streets and everything. Yeah. Um, and then once I got into it, it was all right. Once I, because sh- we had to walk them through the house. Yeah. And the questions they ask you, like, I didn't expect some of the questions. Like, you know, how old is the furnace? Right. Or, you know, the windows, have they been done? How old, you know, how old how old's the floor? When has it been painted? Like, there's what a kind of, what kind of plumbing is in the what house? kind of plumbing is in there and like it was in the winter time okay so is there like you know is there mice in the house is there squirrels in the backyard I've, <laughs> I've had I've had questions like that yes we live in Canada it's most likely squirrels yeah. in the backyard <laughs> so like I've had like do they commonly chill here like are they you know are there any birds that like hover around the house like I've had some weird questions yeah, yeah. but there are a lot of things that, like. Obviously, same things like is a public school nearby, elementary school. Like, is it good? Is it bad? That's important to know. But that's important. So, yeah. like, I was very lucky. The first open house I did was for an agent, and it was with another agent. Yeah. So she walked me through everything. So I shadowed her for the first one, and then I went on my own. Yeah. And then the actual agent who who listed it, she came midway through, and then she also like gave me tips and tricks. So like, you learn a lot from your from other agents, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first open house, I was nervous you never you're always like nervous, i was yeah. like so pretty much Were you I, by yourself no um so basically i just uh joined the brokerage at the time and my broker of record um 
shot me a text message saying, how would you like to jump into this? You want to do an open house with me? So I was like, okay, sure. I feel a little bit more comfortable. I'm yeah, doing it with, I'm doing, someone, someone, I'm yeah. doing it with someone yeah. so experienced, right? But when I was there, I was like, okay, somebody's coming. Do you want to talk to them? Am I talking to them? I was like, I don't know what to so do. So I, right? I went to that same thing too. Yeah. So I was put in the front to greet the people. Yeah. That also was nerve wracking too. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. but it was once you do it and you start doing it and you talk to that first person be like, it's easy. No, it was very easy. Like you're just showing a house. I, they just no. want to like, they it's just want to walk do. around, yeah. you know, this one, just want to know what's going on this and that. Yeah. But then I've also, I also learned by doing open houses to pick out who's an actual buyer yeah, and who's just there on the street to look around. Okay. So is that a question that you just ask or? Um, I ask you, are you looking for a house? Do you have a real estate agent? You know? So I do start asking some questions just to understand who they are. Like if they're working, if they're with another real estate agent, they're not going to sign with me to put an offer in this house or any other house. Right. Yeah. So then I let them go walk around by themselves. Um, if there are any questions, I'll ask them. Yeah, absolutely. And if they're from the street, I'll have a conversation with them, understanding like, okay, where do you live? Are you looking to sell, looking to buy? Like, you know? Yeah. And like throwing an open house is also a good way to meet other people in the neighborhood too, right? Like yeah. even if you go out a couple hours before the open house. And you door you, knock. You start door knocking yeah. the area, inviting people to the open house you're doing. You're... You know, you're showing face, you're doing your customer or your client like a service. You're like, you know, letting everyone know that their their house is for sale. And at the same time, you're like, you're telling them who you are, right? Yeah. They'd be like, you know, I'm doing an open house for so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And it shows them that you're taking that initiative too. So mm -hmm. let's say down the road, they want to list their house. They're like, I remember that agent that was doing an open house for so-and-so down the street they literally knocked our whole street to let everyone know that they were doing that. That's like initiative, right? Yeah, and they like that, yeah. Yeah, they see that he's going out of his way instead of just, you know, sit, waiting in the house waiting. So I thought that was good. Like, I enjoy doing that because I, I actually enjoy door knocking now. The, You know, some people will close the door on you before you even start talking. You know, I've had people close the door on me. I've had someone. Yeah. I had someone said if I don't stop knocking on the street, they're going to call the cops. Because he goes, you're soliciting me. So I said, okay, fine. Yeah. So I went to the next door. And they're like, there was no one home. He's like, you're soliciting my neighbor. I'm okay. like, I'm not. There's no sign here. I'm just dropping off my flyer. That's just a Karen. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and he's like, if you continue doing it, I'm going to call the cops. So then I got in my car and I left because I didn't want to cause any issues. But yeah. like, you're going to you're gonna find that. Oh, I f yeah, I found some people that were very like pleasant and like they... They were good. They carried a conversation. I got contacts. They're in my database. Um, I'm showing them listings right now, actually. I'm showing them, like, what? From door knocking? Yeah, from door knocking. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're just, they want to see, like, what's selling in their neighborhood. And their plan is, so, like, one person's plan is to make the move towards, like, summer, right? So you just ask, you know, can you just keep me informed what's going on like interest rates like what's happening with that um you know what the houses are selling for in my neighborhood uh, that's in the high park area right um so anyways just get them on your database and some people have you know um yeah closed the door on me told me don't solicit here um you know i i get greeted with like 
barking dogs at I love dogs, but like they're like I'm barking. Not fa- I'm not a fan they're of like, dogs. So. Yeah, when like they walk to the door with like, you know, some big like Doberman like barking, you're like, take that as a sign. They don't want to talk to me. They chose to like bring this into the dog come, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'll just turn around and walk away. Yeah. So yeah, so what else? What else are you experiencing? Um open houses it's i think it's still it's hard to get clients right now yeah um or if you do get a client i think buyer or seller some of them are really unrealistic like some buyers are looking to like lowball yeah some sellers are looking to you know shoot for the stars still yeah but because of the way the market is i think the way you prospect the way you get clients now it's gonna be totally different yeah they need to they have to see the value that you bring to them yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any stories like, okay, I'm going to talk about one of mine, like um, showings, for instance, right? Do you have any stories of like walking into a showing and just being like, you know, when you are showing like a place that's tenanted and you could tell those tenants don't want to yeah. move out? Yeah, I did. A and show and they there. leave the place like turned upside down, like it's a mess. Oh, I got I got stories quick. I did that earlier this week, so let me hear your. So story. we went to see a house, and we knocked on the door, and the tenant was like, "Basically, you're late." And I'm like, "No, I booked a showing from like two thirty, for example, to three o'clock. So yeah. I booked thirty minutes. I was there at two fifteen, and they're like, "You're late, but come on in." We walked in. And we walked to the right, which was the, I think it was like the dining room. There was a bed. There was someone sleeping in the bed. Oh, okay. Then you go to, you go, you go to the left. And there was two, <laughs> two single beds and it was two kids there just chilling on the bed. Yeah. Then you walk in the kitchen and it was like two cats. And then these guys were just sitting in their shorts upstairs. They were drinking. And my, my, uh, like my buyers were like, I'm not seeing the rest of the house. Yeah. They're like, I got a bad vibe when I first walked in. That, like, I feel like I'm not wanted here. Yeah. Right? So we walked away and we left. And I told the agent, like, this is what happened, right? Yeah. But, like, that I could tell they didn't want to move. So I seen one this week, Thursday. It was actually last week. No. Uh, last week. Um. Anyways, from the photos, couldn't really tell too much about the house. Anyways, saw it. I brought uh, the family there. It was tenanted. You could just tell they did not want. To be moving out like the house was the sink was a disaster like dishes everywhere washing this was is dirty the one with the hot dogs in the sink uh this was a different one actually oh, okay. so you have many <laughs> yeah <laughs> those you could tell yeah. they don't want to leave uh when that's the case um went downstairs so we're looking at everywhere like just like bugs like on the floor on the window ledge anyways go downstairs and just walk around the corner open the laundry room right and in the middle is just like a mouse. So I didn't open the door before my client. And I wish I did because yeah. I would have like prepared them for I like, that. I like to open the doors first, but they do sometimes beat you to it. They do beat they you do. to it, they especially do. if there's so many rooms and there's yeah. multiple of them. Yeah, so yeah. you're showing one, one room and the other ones. They open laundry room and I just heard like a scream. scream. Right. So there was a mouse trap. And there was a mouse in it. Oh, I look, huh? the mouse was like shriveling away. That mouse wasn't new. Yeah. Like that mouse has been there. They like disintegrate after a while, like pretty much, right? It was like literally, it would just look flattened. Um, so I was like, that's been there for a bit. Like, come on, like, yeah, yeah, clean up your mouse trap. Like, nobody wants to see that. 
I didn't want to see that. I don't even like mice. I think they're disgusting. So I don't know that. No, I'm not a fan of. We didn't see the rest of the house at that point. We just turned around and walked away. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Good. Have you ever been to a house that was like just dirty? Yeah, like a lot of houses. Like just like completely like with tenants, but like I've seen like holes yeah. in the wall, and I've seen. So here's the thing, because I was talking about that actually with another agent um a couple weeks ago. So these houses, like I'm seeing a lot of them where they're not taken care of. Especially if if they're for lease more than for like the ones that yeah. are for sale, right? Do you think it are do you think the agent should be a little bit more responsible and take a little bit more initiative to be telling their clients, like, look, like we need to clean this house up. Like maybe let's get a cleaner in here, whatever, or do agents just not care because no, it's a lease? It, no, no. So they should care. So I I tell it for a lease as well. Yeah. I tell them, listen, like if you have holes in the wall, you don't patch them up. So even if they're from like screws, yeah, patch those up. If you have paint chips, paint it, like fix all that, put plaster on, um, do as much work as you can to present your property because yeah. the way that you give the property to somebody else is how they're going to treat it. So if, if you as a landlord are going to give a property that's beat up, the tenant, first of all, you're going to get is going to reflect that and they're going to beat up even more. Yeah. No, no. I tell everybody, I give them suggestions. Like I say, paint it, do this, do that, whatever I think needs to be done. If, whatever they want to take, they can take. So, but like, I think the like, agent should at least inform the landlord. That, yeah. Like, like, I don't know. Maybe some people would handle it differently, but I took a couple you know, photos and to send to the agent, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, listen, just so you know, this place is a disaster. Like, you might want to come clean it up a little bit before or have them, like, tidy up a little bit. So their place leases and they get, like, a family in here because even though, like, it's just, you know, cobwebs or a mess and it can be clean, people can't see past that. No, they 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 have tunnel vision, right? So they all yeah. they're going to see is, okay, this is a nice house. But what am I seeing in this house is cowwebs. They feel or a mouse on. They the, just feel grossed out yeah. at that point, right? They're just saying they can't see past it. Like be like, once we get a cleaner in here, it'll look great. But they're seeing like dirt on the floor, dirty countertops. You're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing your clients any favors. Like, so the first place that I leased, um, the landlord actually he painted it. I asked him to paint the place. Okay. Um, he painted the, all the walls. He changed light fixtures. Then I went myself and I scrubbed the whole place clean. Awesome, man. Right? Yeah. Like that's um, what you got to do. We got, we had a bidding war for rent because it showed nice, right? Yeah. Even though it's a lease, the people we got in are very nice people. They're renewing for a second year. Um, they're treating it like their home because we presented it to them as a place that can be their house, right? Yeah. I'm sure you didn't want to like go in no. there and do that, but- no, you you don't want to. You did it's it. a hard conversation to have. Yeah. But, you know, as I've learned through the year, like you gotta be honest with them and you gotta tell them like the way you're gonna present your property will also determine what the price will be too. Yeah. Right? Whether it's buying or selling, right? Like or renting, like how you present it. It's what people will look at. Absolutely, man. Because I've had I, I will pay a cleaner to go and do it. Yeah. Like I will stage a place for somebody. Because that will reflect in the overall price. Yeah. Right? And then you also want, like, no issue, especially when you're renting. You don't want tenant issues. Right? Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm really glad 
that we finally set this up because we've been trying to do this podcast for a bit and it feels good getting our first uh our first one done yeah i don't know it feels good i'm looking forward to more yeah. and a whole lot of people will be watching as well yeah or listening but i think like you know the main thing is we're going to talk about our journey yeah. we're going to have a lot of different guests on we're going to have mortgage agents we're going to have other agents investors yeah stagers yeah absolutely Every, everyone talking about their experiences yeah and just there to help everybody answer any questions just give out information basically reach out and you know comment and let us know what they would like to to see to, to hear, see or yeah. hear right so maybe yeah. there's something that would be of more value to them right yeah. so yeah like shoot those messages send you know send us a comment a dm whatever and yeah we'll be happy to yeah. chat about that Check on our out. next episode or yeah, in your future up. yeah Sounds good. Anyways, man, this has been great. It's good. Finally done. Yeah. So <laughs> right. until the next yeah. one. Until the next episode. All right. See ya.